I'll tell you one thing that's for sure. This coaching staff not going to allow any outside drama, not from Avante Williams, not from anybody. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. We roll on here on Texas A&M Week. Now, as we are five days away from game day, four days away from game day, I had to count on my fingers to get that right. Mario Cristobal yesterday, and to a lesser extent, Kevin Steele as well yesterday. The coaches spoke. uh, They speak every Monday. They are putting the kibosh on any sort of external drama that we are trying to stir up or that Avante Williams is trying to stir up. Because for those who haven't been paying attention, the Miami safety, sophomore safety Avante Williams, hasn't played a whole lot. Only 14 defensive snaps in game one. Zero defensive snaps, only played some special teams in game two, and he uh, appears dissatisfied with the situation. Uh, Took to social media to vent a little bit, scrubbed all things Miami from his social media accounts, and fans, of course, wondering why he's not playing more. It's gotten a lot of people talking, okay? Mario Cristobal was asked about Avante's situation and his place on the defense, and Coach said Avante didn't play as much on Saturday. That's obvious. Avante is a good dude, Mario said. He really is. I've known him for a long, long time. We recruited him at the other place, the other place being Oregon, of course. So here's what Coach Cristobal said about the relationship between he and Avante Williams who is obviously, again, not happy uh, that he hasn't played much these first two games. He said, quote, Mario, and I love this, I met with Avante, and one thing we're not going to do is we're always going to be straightforward and blunt and honest, Cristobal said. We're not going to create drama or narratives. That just ain't it. We're not going to have that here. He's a good young man, Mario said again, and we've got to get to work and continue to get better and better, and he wants to be good. He's got a really, really bright future, and I agree with that. I think we all agree with that. Very talented safety. We're going to choose not to create narratives and drama out there in our program. So I think with that, we're going to choose not to create drama. He was talking about the social media stuff, that that's not the right way to handle it. And uh, I have been told, or I was told yesterday, that Avante, since removing everything Miami from his profiles uh, apparently he he put everything back so uh, I'm I don't know if that was the result of his chat with Mario or if he decided to do to do that himself uh, but you know apparently he has put Miami stuff back in his bio in his bio he's trying to downplay the drama he was upset it was a little bit of a tantrum I think now my take uh, as far as Avante not playing uh, and Cristobal certainly hinted at this as well yesterday. And this is just the way that they run things, okay? Avante Williams not playing much, that is strictly merit-based. You need to create opportunities in practice, and apparently Avante is getting beaten out in practice by James Williams, Cam Kinchins, and even Al Blades Jr., who's playing a lot more than Avante is right now. So 
this coaching staff, and listen, guys, I know that there have been certain times on game days where certain players on the field are not producing that well. We're like, why can't we, re we replace these guys? Uh, hopefully that stuff is going to clarify a little bit more down the road. But this coaching staff is not handing out playing time strictly based on someone's reputation or even strictly based on their talent. It has to be earned on Green Tree. That's the way they're approaching it. And yeah, I want to give you guys the other side of it with Avante Williams as well. Now, I think we can all agree um, venting on social media. That's, you know, that's a very Gen Z thing like that. That that's never the right way to handle this stuff. But at the same time, I can understand why Avante is frustrated. The man's got kids. Football is his way to make a living and set his family up. OK, so. That's the type of pressure that most of us, myself included, did not have when we were his age. He's 19, 20. I didn't have that kind of pressure when I was his age. But, you know, obviously it's it's immature to air your frustrations on social media. That puts a spotlight on you and on your team. That's not fair to your teammates or your coaches to create that kind of outside drama. And I think Mario Cristobal, he's teaching Avante Williams and everyone on that team a lesson that if you have a problem – you talk it out, you communicate, you handle it internally, right? These coaches have no problem talking with players personally. Cristobal has already met with Avante to talk about it. These coaches are available to these players, okay? So end of story, creating external drama, it's not going to fix anything, okay? And hopefully all these players realize that now. Kevin Steele, defensive coordinator, he was asked, he didn't talk about the personal stuff like the social media, by the way. Um, and you know, you know, I love Kevin Steele. He's he's old school. He looks and sounds like football with that southern drawl of his. I'm not even sure if Kevin Steele knows what Instagram is. <laughs> so I don't know if he knows about any of that stuff. But Coach Steele was asked about, you know, Avante's status on the defense. And, you know, he said, um, uh, that he he's doing well. I was looking for the quote there. Sorry. He's doing well coming along. He's doing very well. I think he'll be just fine. So that's where we stand right now with Avante Williams and with the drama and man. All right. So I wanted to put the drama behind us because my friends, we have so much to talk about today. Just a few days away from that trip to college station, Miami taking on a Texas A&M Aggies team that, they are on the ropes right now. Some of you made a great point, by the way, because on yesterday's episode, we were talking about the pressure because something Hurricanes fans are talking about a lot is, you know, after having seen the Aggies drop a shocking home loss to Appalachian State, I know Appalachian State, they're the giant killers. Uh, you know, that's that's a tough out for anybody, but uh, Texas a they were a top 10 team, top six team in the country at that point. They're not supposed to be losing to the Mountaineers of Appalachian State at home. And so now after seeing that, Texas A&M, who was built up as this juggernaut during the offseason, they are beatable. They are vulnerable. And so I see Miami Hurricanes fans saying things like, hey, this is a must win now that Miami should win this game. Miami's better. I think they are underdogs still in the game, but Miami's now the higher-ranked team. You're supposed to go in there and beat Texas A&M now. Uh, I, I still I don't think the pressure has changed at all for Miami because Mario Cristobal always puts that type of pressure on the Canes. I also expect Texas A&M to be a lot better than they were last week, right? 
This is going to be their attempt at a bounce back game. It's going to be emotional. This is a night game at Kyle Field, which is just a different type of atmosphere. I'm not saying Miami can't win. I'm saying it's not going to be as easy as some of you think. Some of you think, hey, they lost to Appalachian State. Therefore, we go in there and we roll over the Aggies. This is going to be a really, really tough game, and they have a lot of talent in the trenches, guys. But some of you made a great point because we were talking about how much pressure is on Miami on Saturday. There's a lot more pressure on Texas A&M, a lot more pressure on Jimbo Fisher, right? Because you can't lose two straight non-conference home games if you're Texas A&M. Like, you can't go out there, surprisingly lose to Appalachian State, and probably a lot of that had to do with them probably looking ahead to Miami and not focusing on the opponent that was right in front of them. You can't follow up that home loss to the Mountaineers with a home loss to the Hurricanes. So there's even more pressure, way more pressure on Texas A&M to try and bounce back and win this football game. But I want to talk about uh, some of the factors. If we can kind of create a game plan and a blueprint for what Miami has to do to beat Texas A&M, what Miami has to do to take advantage of some of the things that we look at as vulnerabilities on the Aggies. I think we can start to consider what Miami needs to do in terms of ramping up their offense and what they need to focus on and key in on on the defensive side of the football. And man, I would love to see Avante Williams get some defensive snaps this week and do some damage, create some big hits, maybe force some fumbles, maybe get some interceptions. What a great story that would be if this guy goes from the doghouse and the drama house uh, into getting a game ball this weekend. I think that would be fantastic. So we're going to talk about some of our keys and game plans for this coming game right after we talk about upside from cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant. Inflation is hitting all of us where it hurts, guys, and it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. In fact, I've been using Upside for two years. I love it. It's an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. Guys, Upside is so easy to use. It sounds too good to be true, but it's not. Right, You use the Upside app at gas stations, restaurants, grocery stores, and you get cash back on your purchases. And then it's easy uh, to send that cash to your bank account or to your PayPal or to a gift card. So to get started, download the free Upside app and use my promo code LOCKED and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit card or debit card, and then you get paid. Uh, I just got $2 into my account from buying gas the other day. It's that easy. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. So download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's a $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using our promo code LOCKED. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Now, Miami's offense going into Texas A&M this week, I absolutely believe we have only seen the tip of the iceberg from Miami's offense so far. As, and that is talking about diversity, 
of formations, uh, creativity from the playbook. I think we've only seen the tip of the iceberg. And I've got a couple of reasons for strongly feeling that way. For one, uh, Miami, if we go back to fall camp, what they were working on in practice, they were running a lot of RPO snaps in fall and have run zero RPO so far in their first two games. They haven't even opened up that part of the playbook yet. I would strongly believe they weren't working on that stuff in practice just to never use it in games. They're going to bring it out. And then another clue that I took on how Miami hasn't really shown you much on offense yet. Last week, when we spoke to Hurricanes players, one of the players we spoke to was wide receiver Keyshawn Smith, who's been really good to start the season. Uh, he was talking about the offense, and I think he inadvertently admitted to us that they were still keeping most of their offense very close to the vest. I think he kind of hinted that they don't really want to show their cards yet, right? And, you know, when it comes to creativity, outside of the successful flea flicker last week that Keyshawn Smith actually caught for a 39-yard touchdown, the offense has been completely vanilla, right? I mean, we were talking with Brad Tejeda yesterday. I think he described it as being completely vanilla, no sprinkles, no gummy worms, no chocolate sauce, like none of that stuff. And I think it's been completely vanilla based on the opposition because Josh Gaddis is the type of offensive coordinator who only takes what he needs, right? If you're facing the type of defense that you can beat by keeping it simple and keeping, you know, your creative stuff close to the vest and you can just go with the fundamentals and pound the football and, you know, create some third and shorts and all that. Josh Gaddis is only going to take what he needs. He reads games exceptionally well. Now, with that said, I think Miami's going to have to open it up more this week because the talent on the opposing defense is just going to be so much better than what they've faced so far. I still... Um, and it, this is going to depend on what the game dictates, right? Uh, can Miami find some soft spots in the secondary? I'm not so sure about that because Texas A&M secondary is one of the strengths of their football team. Or, God forbid, Miami gets down early and they have to chase and throw the football. You know, the game is going to dictate how the play calling goes. But do not expect constant deep shots and downfield passing against the Aggies because again their defensive secondary is a big time team strength for them while their rushing defense actually looks like a vulnerability we'll see if it plays out again that way uh for Texas A&M so far and again um it's hard because like Texas A&M they faced you know Sam Houston and App State who they did lose to uh Miami has only faced um you know, Southern Miss and Bethune-Cookman. So, you know, the, they're not like deep into the conference schedules. But Texas A&M passing yards allowed so far this year, they've been exceptional. They rank sixth in the country, only giving up 112.5 passing yards per game. Now, I do think Miami will throw for more than 112 and a half yards this week. So I would take the over on that one, all right? Uh, but you definitely have to take, uh, again, a few more deep shots in this game. Can't do it constantly, but you have to keep their defense honest. So even though passing defense, one of the strengths of their team, you're going to have to take some shots because that's going to open everything else. And of course, they're going to have to respect Tyler Van Dyke's arm. Got one of the best arms in the country. Now, the Aggies defensive front so far, for as big and physical as they are, uh, they've looked a little bit vulnerable against the run. They've actually looked more vulnerable to outside runs than between the tackle runs. So um, on that front, that really makes me hope that Jalen Knighton is physically ready for a big game. 
came back from injury last week, had a minor injury in fall camp, didn't play the first game, played a little bit the second game. Uh, you know, he didn't pop the same way that Henry Parrish and Thad Franklin did. So I'm hoping that Rooster is physically back to his best this year because him getting outside, making a few cuts, turning on the afterburners, getting downfield, that's what he does so well. That's a strength of his compared to Parrish and Franklin. Um, you know, if you look at recent history against the run, this is why the Aggies look vulnerable. The uh, App State Mountaineers, they rush for 181 team yards against Texas A&M. And a big thing that Appalachian State was able to do, I don't know if Miami will be able to do it quite like this, App State just milked the clock. I mean, they were all over time of possession. I think they had like 37 minutes time of possession. Like, I... I don't know if anybody else is going to duplicate that against Texas A&M. That's just like a statistical oddity for them to have the football that long. But they absolutely obliterated the clock. And and uh, the, the Mountaineers were like taking down the play clock to like five, four seconds before running a play. Like they did a great job controlling the time of possession. OK, but they ran the football well, 181 team rushing yards. I think Miami has an opportunity here to establish a running game and yeah, I think we're going to see a hefty three-deep rotation with Parrish, Knighton, who could be the secret weapon here, and Thad Franklin, who's been really, really good. And as far as Tyler Van Dyke and the passing game goes, uh, I think you could say this about just about any game, especially the difficult games. I think the most important thing for TVD is going to be taking care of the football first and foremost, right? Because App State didn't have any turnovers, right? That That's, that's one way to beat Texas A&M. And also, you know, Miami, they've got to use the tight ends a lot more this week, right? Because those safety nets are going to be a weapon. Um, because, listen, one of the ways that uh, the Texas A&M can approach this game defensively is they might just try to blanket Xavier Restrepo out of this game and force Miami to use other weapons in the passing game. Miami's tight ends last week. Just one catch, the entire unit for five yards. That was Elijah Arroyo. Will Mallory has got to be better. He's got to be active in this game. He's got to be catching balls. Arroyo, same thing. And, you know, we've got to be, again, we've got to be deeper than just Restrepo in the receiving core. So take some deep, deep shots at Keyshawn Smith. You know who's uh, eligible to be back this week? We'll see how much he plays. Jacoby George. This should be the season debut for Jacoby George. I wonder how much he's going to get out there. He's another deep threat. 26.2 yards per reception last year for George. Get him involved. Get Brashard Smith involved as well. You've got to be more diverse because you can't just, you know, you can't just target Restrepo 15 times and hope he takes over because I think Texas A&M is going to key on him a lot in this game, all right? Uh, let's talk a little bit about the defense as we're getting you ready for Miami at Texas A&M here on Locked on Canes. Uh, well, actually, let, let me say one more thing about the offense. You've got to start fast, okay? Everyone, including Tyler Van Dyke, out of sync last week until the last drive of the first half. That's when they finally picked it up and got it going. You know, I, I think that that was more – it wasn't anything schematic. I think that was just more about the players needing to adjust themselves more than scheme adjustments, but they looked a lot better in the second half. So – and a lot of this is on Miami's offense. You cannot just let Texas A&M jump out to a big lead because that's going to feed so much energy into that crowd to that 12th man. I mean, if Miami finds themselves down like two scores early in the game, it's going to be just like Miami versus Notre Dame back at Hard Rock Stadium in 2017. Only Miami's going to be on the wrong side of it. 
They pack more than 100,000 people into that stadium there in Texas. I think 102,700 is the capacity there. So, yeah, you're going to have to score some points early. You can't be like uh, you were against Southern Miss where you had three points on the board until, you know, the final minute or so of the second quarter. That's not going to get it done here. You've got to score some points early. So when we come back, we're going to talk about the defense and we're going to go to you guys with a little Q&A uh, from our Twitter and make sure you follow our show at Locked on Canes. If you follow our show, we will follow you back. And if you tweet us at Locked on Canes, we could read your tweets on the show. We'll respond to them. They, they may get the response on Twitter treatment and the Q&A treatment on the show. Uh, we asked you guys to fill in the blank. The Miami Hurricanes will beat Texas A&M if what needs to happen We'll tell you about those responses, but we'll talk about the defense as well when we come back. Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And thank you guys again. We did reach our goal with a week to spare. 5,000 YouTube subscribers. We wanted to get that before the Texas A&M game this weekend. We actually got it before the Southern Miss game. So thank you guys so much for all the support. It really means a lot, and it goes a long way with me. Uh, so on defense for the Canes this week, I think Texas A&M is going to try to do on offense, emphasize try. They're going to try to do what other opponents have done so far in the passing game, and that's pick on certain players in coverage like DJ Ivy and like Malik Curtis. Malik Curtis had a rough outing last week. He's young. Needs to get better, and I know he can because he was one of the top performers in fall camp. With Malik Curtis, and Cristobal talked about this on Monday, the issues that he had in coverage, it was just all about technique. This guy's got the speed. He's got the talent. He just His technique let him down. He's got to drill more and get, and get more reps and get more confidence. He's got to be better. Now, for Texas A&M's offense, their quarterback play so far, it's been abysmal. I don't know how else to describe it. Haynes King barely average right perhaps they turn to max johnson this week or at some points in the game we'll see if he's much better you know he wasn't lighting it up at lsu but it's hard to believe he can't do better than haynes king has done so we'll see uh now miami and we'll see if they try this we'll see if it works because they've they've been vulnerable against the pass much better against the run miami might try to stack the box shut down the run uh, you know, Miami's run defense, they they shut Frank Gore Jr. down last week. Obviously, the talent that Southern Miss had up front is not like the talent that the Texas A&M has. But maybe they try to force Texas A&M's quarterbacks to beat them if they key on the run. Um, and so if they're able to do that and, you know, Texas A&M actually only uh, they only had 89 team rushing yards last week against App State, which was kind of shocking. So shut down the run, force the quarterbacks to beat you. And then if you can force Haynes King or Max Johnson or whoever into making some bad throws, Miami's DBs need to catch. Now, the Hurricanes had one interception last week. Tyreek Stevenson, nice job. They should have let him run it back for a touchdown, by the way. Thanks thanks for nothing, officials. Uh, but Miami could have had three or four interceptions if the DBs had done a better job just holding on to the football. So that's something Miami's got to do. And as far as preparations for this week, um, we did ask Kevin Steele, the defensive coordinator, um, if, if it kind of complicates his approach here that 
you know, we don't exactly know which quarterback Miami's going to face next week, right? Haynes King has been the starter. He's not been good. Will Will Texas A&M turn to Max Johnson? Uh, Kevin Steele said their offense is their offense. What routes they're they're running, formations you're getting, always a little nuanced, but schematically it's the same. So he's basically saying no matter which quarterback plays, it doesn't change their preparation because schematically it's going to be all the same stuff. And, you know, Coach Steele talked about studying for this week as far as the film breakdowns, what they're preparing for. Like from a from a studying and film standpoint, this game is actually easier for them to prepare for in the film room than the previous two. And that's because Jimbo Fisher's offense hasn't changed in decades and it, it doesn't change. Right. Like you can study everything that Jimbo does, even going back to, to FSU and probably even going back to when he was at LSU and the principles stay the same, whereas the previous two weeks. You know, Miami was preparing for new coordinators, tons of transfer players, players without film in those systems and a lot of variables, very little relevant film out there. Now, I want to make sure to emphasize this because people are going to take this point the wrong way. Coach Steele was not saying that this game will be easier. He's just saying the preparations are more straightforward. He's not saying the game will be easier. It's going to be tougher just based on the talent that Texas A&M is going to have on the field because that talent is uh, is obviously uh, better than what the previous two opponents have had on the field. You know, as far as like defensive players, again, given all the drama over the last few days, I wonder if we're going to see Avante Williams get a little time in the D. Is over under half an offensive snap? Is he going to go over that or under that this week? You know who's been uh, who's been pretty good to start the season, and we got to give him credit because people people love to rip on this kid when he's not playing well. He has been playing well now. Corey Flagg, really good last week. Co-leader in tackles. He looked a lot quicker and more decisive on the field. And Wesley Besaint, man, Wesley Besaint, the true freshman linebacker. Um, you know, there's not a big sample size out there, but he needs to see more playing time. And I think that's a guy who's earning more playing time. He played only nine snaps on defense last week but had the second highest pro football focus grade of any Hurricanes defender with an 80.2. The only guy in front of him was Antonio Moultrie, uh, who had an 87.4 grade on the D-line with 13 snaps. But I'll tell you, Wesley Besaint is doing good things out there. And, you know, that that's like an injection into this linebacking core where I, I think he can really help a lot last week. Um, so we were talking in yesterday's episode, a lot of recruiting. Uh, I, I want to make a, a tiny correction, a correction of myself, okay? So on yesterday's episode, we talked a lot about Shamanad recruit for the class of 2023, Edwin Joseph. Now, Edwin Joseph has started the last few days trending heavily towards Miami. He is universally considered to be underrated at just a three-star player. I think this is the type of guy who's going to earn his fourth star before signing day, but universally underrated by anyone who's actually watched him play. Now, he's a two-way player, wide receiver and cornerback. Now, what I wanted to correct was I was talking about Edwin on yesterday's episode. Um, I was talking about him mostly as a wide receiver, but apparently Miami is recruiting him to play corner. So watch out for that one. So this is a guy who plays two ways in high school. I think Miami's looking at him as a defensive guy, not an offensive guy, um, and, you know, he might end up announcing soon, and if he does announce, it could be very well be for Miami. And, 
you know, obviously we're looking at a lot of different corners out there because Damari Brown has been trending to the U. That's a four-star. And I think Miami's in the mix for Cormani McLean. You know, I had at least one person in the YouTube comments that was uh, annoyed that we didn't talk about Cormani yesterday. I still consider probably Florida to be the slight leader for McLean, but it's very much open still with Alabama. I think probably a close second place. And then I think Miami's in the mix. Um, so yeah, you'd love to have one or two of Damari Brown, Cormani McLean. You already have Robert Stafford locked in as a corner in this class. who's very good, but Edwin Joseph is another one to look at who can play wide receiver or corner, very good ball skills. So it'd be nice to have him even as a corner, that may be where Miami is looking at him to play. So we're getting ready. We're getting ready for Texas A&M. Thank you guys so much for supporting the channel. Make sure you subscribe. All the audio platforms, whichever you prefer, Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google. There's a ton of other platforms out there if you prefer some of the smaller ones for whatever reason. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're going to have a lot of content throughout the week, including a crossover episode on Thursday with Locked on Aggies. So that's going to help us really scout the opponent. And guys, make sure you're checking out Locked on ACC. Get more on the ACC with Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On taking you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Locked On ACC. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Canes, part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.